Hello, everybody. It's Leslie Jane Seymour, and I'm here to talk to you about how do you reinvent yourself so that you can have the life that you're looking for. We are in the business of transformation at Covey Club. So here is something interesting. Here's a friend of mine, Nicole Malcolm Maniara, and she has been, you know, corporate cog her whole life, but I'm glad I asked her to go back into her history because she went to Stanford because she was interested in entrepreneurship and she's not found the right outlet until now. And I'm just so thrilled to have her come talk about how you two time it. I know a lot of you are trying to figure out if you have a full-time job, how the hell do you launch your own thing while you're doing that? It sounds awful. It sounds like, oh my God, I won't see my family. I won't, you know, have a life. What am I going to do? But I, I have this idea and I know I should get it going. And as you know, I always say you have to have a reinvention plan in your back pocket because you never know what's going to happen today. Not your fault. Just the way companies go. They're bought and sold. They collapse areas. Look, who thought that magazines would go out of business during my lifetime? Certainly not me. So anyway, this is a little discussion of two timing it. She's a Stanford uh, educated um, woman. She went off to P&G. She was handling CVS and Duracell. Then she went off to Organic Girl, but from afar. She was doing remote way before the pandemic and consulting, decided she didn't love consulting. And she has two children and her little girl decided that she didn't like having to wrap her hair in a satin scarf at night. Um, as Nicole says, for black hair, you need to do that so it doesn't get abraded at night when you sleep. So you either do that or you use a, a satin pillowcase. So her daughter was much more interested in the pillowcase, but the pillowcases that were out there were really boring. So Nicole launched something called Rad Royals at radroyals.com. And it's a toddler pillowcase made out of satin. But what's fabulous is you don't have to be a toddler to love a satin pillowcase. And she's also doing this standard size for us because guess what? It's not just for hair, it's for wrinkles. And so she did it in a very sustainable way too. So it's not silk, um, which has all kinds of sustainability issues. And um, it's just a wonderful discussion about how you can two-time your way into your reinvention. So I bring you my wonderful friend, Nicole Malcolm Manyara. Here she is. Welcome, Nicole. I'm so glad to see you and hear from you. Hey, Leslie, it is such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So you are such an interesting study case <laughs> because <laughs> you've had remote jobs and you do all this stuff on the side that gives you different satisfactions. And um, you're, you're kind of in that interesting zone of being an entrepreneur, but also a um, corporate person. So let's start a little bit back. I always love to find out what the history is of our various uh, people who come to speak because everything turns, turns out to be in your history somewhere. Where did you grow up? I grew up in the Bronx in New York City and I am a first-generation American. So both of my parents were originally from Jamaica. Oh. And 
Yes. And so I was first-generation American with my brother and my parents actually helped bring a lot of our family members to the States from Jamaica. Are they entrepreneurs? Were your parents entrepreneurs or what did they do? <laughs> well, it's funny you should ask that. Um, a long time ago, my husband and I were having a random conversation about entrepreneurship and my husband turned to me and said, well, your parents were entrepreneurs. And I said, they were? I don't, I don't think they were. He's like, of course they were. <laughs> and it's funny because growing up, I never looked at them in that way. Um, but my mother, her, her day job was a nurse, but she was a nurse 24 seven. Um, she and my father were both very active in, in the church and that I grew up in. And that she was just the go-to person. When everyone was sick, she's the person they went to. Um, and my dad, he, he was an architect by trade. So when he was in Jamaica, he was trained to be an architect. But when he came to this country, like most immigrants, um, he wasn't able to practice because the country just didn't recognize his certifications. Um, so he, instead of doing school all over again, he just got a job as a security, a security guard um, and did that for quite some time, but also was called to become um, I guess you would say a minister and eventually started a church. So long way of saying, I guess my parents were entrepreneurs in the sense that they um, started a church, which is essentially a business um, of, some of some form. And yeah, they did that in their spare time in addition to their day jobs. Um, I'd say that's also, an entrepreneur. Yes. Yes. <laughs> started yes. a church. Yes. Totally, totally. Um, and eventually they became landlords. So, you know, that's still entrepreneurship as well. So. Absolutely. Okay. See, there it is in your history. So mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about you. So you grew up there. Where did you end up going to school and what did you study in school and what was your first job getting out of school? Okay. So undergrad, I went to university of Pennsylvania. I went to the Wharton school, thought I was going to be a stockbroker that changed very quickly. Um, I, I loved I loved that that whole industry and everything, thought it was cool, but I just felt unfulfilled. I felt like there was this creative side of me that was not being um, addressed if I were to go down that path. So I studied economics, so I did get my degree in economics, but it was toward the end of my time at Wharton that I, I took a new product development class and just absolutely fell in love with it um, and marketing. So my first job out of college was at InStyle Magazine. Um, at the time they had this, you know, management leadership program called the Don Logan program. And so I started working at InStyle and it was a super young magazine at the time and just got a ton of experience on the publishing side. And because it was young, I wore different hats. One day I'd be planning a fashion show. The next day I'd be designing a research study for, you know, the L'Oreal's and Revlon's of the world. Um, so it was a really, truly fun um, job, but also taught me a lot. Um, and as I was there, I got a lot of exposure to consumer packaged goods uh, companies because a lot of them were advertising in the magazine. And as I would see the requests come in and then working with sales, I was just really drawn to that side of the business. And I said, I think I wanna be the client. I wanna do that. And so I ended up going to grad school and then the rest is kind of history, I suppose. And what did you do with grad school? Did you get your MBA in marketing or what did you do? 
Yeah, so I moved to California. I applied to to Stanford and it was funny because I had never even visited the school, but I applied to multiple schools um, and I was pretty fortunate. I ended up getting a full scholarship to another school and had a very tough time deciding, do I go to that school or this other school I've never visited, but really just felt like that's the school for me. So I took a leap of faith. I went to Stanford, got my MBA. And when I left there, I still wanted to pursue, um, you know, working for a, a CPG company. Um, but then, of course, got the entrepreneurial ish because that was what a lot of people were doing. And it was around the time when, you know, the Facebooks and the like were being formed and it just seemed really attractive. Um, so I had a job offer from Gillette and I initially actually turned down my offer because I said, well, you know, I, I think I want to do this entrepreneurial thing and just try it because I was really torn between should I do it sooner or later. Um, and then the day after I turned them down, I heard that Procter & Gamble acquired Gillette. And so that completely changed things for me because I also had a strong interest in beauty. And at the time, P&G had a pretty vast beauty portfolio. And so I thought, wow, like the world, you know, has opened up for, would be open up for me, um, would open up for me if I can now join the organization and have these other opportunities because it'd be part of P&G. So I said, what the heck, let me just call HR because they never call me back. I called them and turned down the offer and they never called me back. So I reached back out to them and to see if it was salvageable and it wasn't like, oh yeah, sure. Just, yeah, come on, it's fine. <laughs> so I ended up joining P&G. I had a three-year plan and I ended up staying there over 10 years. Wow, amazing, very interesting. I love the fact that you were able to salvage then no. Yes. Was that because you left a message and they they never called you back or they never got the message? Was it? I Yeah, I think they were just so busy with everything that was changing and happening as a result of the acquisition that it was just it was just one of those things. They probably just never got to my message. Um, and it was just, you know, for me changing my mind to them, it just really didn't matter because they just had so many bigger fish to fry at the time. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people feel that if they do something like that, it's irrevocable, you know, and they, they wouldn't feel that they could pick up the phone and say, Hey, you know, I made a mistake or, you know, I changed my mind or whatever. So I think that's a a great sign of that. So you were 10 years at P and G and what were you doing there basically? Well, I bounced around, you know, when I did decide to go, my thinking was, okay, well, I'm going to try to soak up as much as I possibly can and learn as much as I possibly can so that eventually if I become an entrepreneur, I can take the learning with me. Um, And so I, you know, they, they have different tracks once you go into brand management and I was on the general manager type track where I'd work on um, different aspects of the business. So I worked on their oral care portfolio for kids. I worked on the Gillette business, the shave business. I worked in their incubator, which was super, super fun. And it was an experience I never thought I would get there. So it was pretty much like working for a startup, but at a big company. Um, And at the time it was called FutureWorks. I also worked on their CVS customer team. So I managed the beauty and personal care portfolio for the company um, on their CVS customer team. 
and I worked at Duracell. So I did things from developing new products, developing new concepts for them to going to market and developing marketing plans and doing all that's associated with everything that the world sees once a product is on the shelf. So I've done it all from soup to nuts. And let's talk about now what you're doing and right. what you're, yeah. So you've always been balancing these two. You've always been, you've always had the entrepreneurial bug. See, I thought that goes all the way back to when you were at Stanford. So it's not a yeah, surprise. I'm, yeah, I've always had the bug and it's just been one of those things where it was just when, how, and what, <laughs> um, you know, cause I always, I wanted to, I've always had the desire to do it, but I had to feel that, oh, this was the right opportunity the, and the right opportunity came along. It was, you know, something that I could be excited about and it didn't have to be my own idea. I'd love to support, so I wanted to support other people's ideas as well. Um, I just, it was just a matter of timing. So even when I was at, at P&G, there was a point in time that I had, I had planned on going on sabbatical and that didn't happen in the sabbatical. The plan was to go find, <laughs> figure out what this thing was. Um, but yeah, so eventually I ended up getting, I ended up leaving Duracell or leaving P&G and I ended up taking a job at a company called Organic Girl, um, which I most recently left. And yeah, I mean, it was around the time and in between those two time, in between those two roles, I started doing some consulting. So I said, okay, maybe why don't I dabble in consulting, see if that will work and I could work with small businesses, um, companies that are more entrepreneurial to get a feel for whether or not that's the path I wanted to take. And in doing that, I learned pretty quickly um, that consulting wasn't as fulfilling for me as really being the person to execute or being part of the execution and being part of an actual brand. Um, and there's just something that for me is a lot more fulfilling and satisfying from that. So I ended up going to work at Organic Girl, which was a small company as well, around 10 years old when I joined it. And it was around the time when I was making that transition, when this whole idea came to me for Rad Royals. And that it, it and it wasn't as if I was uh, setting out to go find something and create something at the time. It just ha evolved very naturally. So I had uh, my daughter was about three years old at the time, and I was trying to, you know, you know, I'm I'm black, and my daughter's hair is very, um, very she's very curly here, and you know, just in general, like we have this practice when we go to bed at night as black women to tie our hair with like a satin scarf or something to protect our hair. Or some people wear a satin bonnet um, and some people use a satin pillowcase. And my daughter, she just, you know, being who she was, she was just like, I don't, I don't want this on my head. And like every, every attempt I made to tie a scarf on her head, on her head at night just wasn't working. She just wasn't having it. And so I thought, okay, well, why don't I get her a satin pillowcase? I searched everywhere to find something that I felt was cute, appropriate for a kid, would fit her size pillow. Um, and that just made her feel good and, and about and embracing this whole ritual that we went through at night to take care of ourselves. 
And in doing that research, I just could not find anything. And I just said, you know what, I'm just going to make this. <laughs> and it ended up turning, it just evolved very quickly into a business, a brand. Now, I don't want to make it seem like it just happened overnight because it didn't. Um, there were a lot of steps along the way, but it was interesting because I was able to, to leverage a lot of the experience that I had before into building this. Um, so it was very interesting. And my daughter has been by my side the entire time. And it's been really fun as well, just having her be a part of it, give input along the way and just see this whole thing grow. And it's also a learning experience for her in terms of how to build something and to manage a business. So how did you start exactly? Did you started with the research? You couldn't find anything you want. That was the first step. Then did right. you, then you just started looking into figuring out how to buy satin for yourself so you could stitch something up or, or what was the next step? And like, and then right. like, did you make yourself a spreadsheet coming from where you are? Like, how would you go about <laughs> it? Which would be so different from me. <laughs> like do you start from the numbers area or do you start, you know, from, oh, gee, should I buy a sewing machine and learn how to sew? So I started with prototype first and then I went to my spreadsheet. <laughs> so I, I said, okay, I, let me just see if I can make something um, that, that could work. And the other thing is my daughter, you know, I was just thinking about, okay, what are all the options that are out there? And what's been very popular as of late has been silk, but silk isn't very sustainable. Um, and it isn't very kind uh, to animals in terms of how it's made. And so my daughter just being, she's just so in tune with nature and all that. I said, this just really has to be done responsibly. And so I just started doing research on different types of satins and you know, trying to figure out what, what would probably be the best material to use. So I started off, I literally went to Walmart <laughs> um, and I went to Michael's and just tried to get any good satin, decent satin, just to be able to sew it myself because I said, well, let me see if I can just do this myself. I already had a sewing machine, never formally learned how to sew and just concluded, okay, this, like I am eventually made prototype, but it was just, it's so bad. <laughs> and it's funny because my daughter, she, she still is still in her rotation of pillowcases today, but it is not one that I would probably sell. Um, so I started doing that and then then it evolved into, okay, now I have to get the right fabric because the other concept that, that was a part of this was I wanted the fabrics to have designs on them. I wanted them to incorporate prints and I wanted to involve artists. Um, again, I was just being inspired by kids and just the, how they are. They are natural. We are all natural artists, right? And as a child, we foster that a lot. And so I just wanted the prints to be something that when the kids looked at them, that it just honestly warmed their heart and just made them smile and want to use it. And so that I ended up learning. So I did some research on the fabric. Um, honestly, just did a lot of Google searching. And you know how people say, once you want to do something and you put it out in the universe, it's like the universe conspires to help you. And that is so incredibly true. Um, I, I thought I found a source for the fabric that I wanted to use. And 
long story short, I ended up getting a no because their minimum order quantity was just so ridiculous. I was like, I can't, I'm not going to spend this much just on fabric when there's so many other things that I need to invest in to make this a viable product that I can sell. And later on, they eventually ended up reaching back out to me. Um, and that is now the, the, the partner that I have, the vendor that I use to source my fabric. But I initially was told no, um, but they liked my idea and they eventually came back around and worked with me to, and we made it work. Um, so what's the, the fabric other... made out of? Is it a polyester that you can throw in the wash and don't have to worry about? It's a recycled polyester satin. So it's all, you know, pre-consumer uh, used material, but it is, but it's, you know, Okiotech certified. It's all very um, well made and carefully made, you know, and safe, you know, for, for kids, no harmful chemicals or any of that kind of stuff used in developing it. Um, and yeah, so it's it's a it's it's a lovely fabric because typically I think when people think of a polyester satin they think of something very stiff and not very kind to your skin, um, but it is incredibly soft. It is it is a very lovely feeling product. And what kind of artists are you working with? Are they kids who are artists or? So we have um, three artists that we've worked with so far. So one is a London-based artist. Um, her name is Araki Koman. Um, another one, she's a very popular artist right now, um, Alexandra Bowman. She's based in Oakland, California. And then another is a couple of, there are some graphic designers who I partnered with and they actually did all of my packaging and brand identity work um, that have helped me uh, you know, do do some of the other designs as well. So they're they're adults, but they're all um, women, all women of color who have natural hair, um, and are they understand kind of the need and they understand, um, you know, my primary target market. And and to clarify, the product is inspired by, uh, it's inspired by Black girls who have textured hair. Our hair has a tendency to be dry. And so we need to take extra care of our hair at night. Um, and it's, you know, starting with girls at a really young age, but the product can be used by anybody. Um, it's just, that's who our, who our inspiration really is drawn from. So very cute. I'm looking at them online. So people can go look at radroyals.com. It's really cute. I love the Wonderland pillowcase, totally adorable. And um, then you've got little alphabet, then you've got a funny little family drawing, which is one love pillowcase. Is that your family or anybody no, in particular? No, it's just a group of girls. No, we just, I just wanted, just wanted to depict girls. Yeah, girls, different, different hair, just different looks coming together. To hang and out. then, and then why do you call it Rad Royals? So, you know, the reason I called it Rad Royals is I really wanted to elevate how, you know, the audience that I'm going after is depicted. depicted. Um, you know, kids of color often are not really showing up in media as being beautiful. I and mean, it's getting better now, but 
our our features, whether it's our hair, our, our 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 facial features, and things like that, are just not. They don't fit the European standard of beauty, which is often held up as being beautiful. And so, I really wanted to have a brand name that really celebrated um, and elevated how we talked about. Um, our audience, the folks who we're going after, and these kids, and make them feel like they're—they really and truly are royal, <laughs> royalty, mm -hmm. right? You know, usually princess. The princesses that we see that a lot of, um, again, the media depicts—they don't often look like us. But it doesn't mean that we—we we are not royalty, right? Like we do have our ancestry does trace back to, um, to royalty as well. And I just really wanted to reflect that. Mm -hmm. um and in the name and then the rad part is just you know it's a fun brand i really wanted it to just be fun and easygoing even though there's a level of serious seriousness in terms of the inspiration but i also wanted to balance that out with some fun so you're bridgerton <laughs> bridgerton royal yeah. okay yeah 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 cool and um so, but you also, it looks like you sell larger pillowcases, regular size as well. Yeah. So I also do this, have the standard sizes um, because some people, you know, they trans they transition their kids to standard size pillows pretty ah. early on. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can also buy as a kit because it's a great gift item. A lot of people have been buying them as gifts. And so idea. it's nice when you could give them the pillow insert along with the pillowcase. It's the full package. Very cute. The only thing I'm missing on your site, my girlfriend, is you and your daughter. Well, no I'm picture on the about of you. You are. I <laughs> don't on... see you. I am. Yeah. No. Go to our our origin story. Yes. Origins. Our mission. Our. I can't find you. It's not showing up on mine. About under about. Our oh our origin story. Oh, I just looked under. There you are. Okay. Cute. Yes. All right. Okay. You have to go three down. All right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, without you it, and uh, I'm there's your story, which is good. I yeah, do, maybe I'd want to see I'm, you earlier, I think. I know. I'm so not the, I, I'm, not, I'm usually the person way, way, way back in the background. I know. <laughs> so I'm not used to being on the forefront of things, but I am working on that. And part good. of even this interview is helpful in good. that regard. So what was the biggest challenge for you? And now you're balancing, you're coming back for a full-time job. And is your, is your full-time job remote also? So my full-time job had, had been remote. So for the past four years, I was working remotely. Um, and I did travel quite a bit, but it's um, primarily been remote. And then this new job that I'm taking starting next week, um, it will be remote. Uh, but not indefinitely. The plan will be to eventually go to the office, uh, but the but the company is based much closer to home, so it'll be much easier to manage. And where is that? Where where are they located? Oh, so I so I live in Stan in Stanford, Connecticut. But my new job, which will be Newman's own, they are based in Westport, Connecticut. So less than 20 minutes from my Oh, that's great. I thought you were going to have to commute awesome. to New York or something. Oh, that's fabulous. That's no. what a great brand. Right. Definitely. So, I'm excited about it. It's an amazing an amazing brand, mission driven, definitely ahead of their time with respect to that and yeah, I'm super duper excited about it. 
So what is a lot of people, as I said to you when we started this, a lot of people are trying to figure out, you know, they have full-time jobs, they know they want to do something entrepreneurial, they're so exhausted, they have kids. Um, how do you work this all in? I mean, are you working 90 hours a week and never see your family? I don't get that impression. No, not at all. Um, so, so I, so I work on Rad Royals outside, obviously, of my work hours. Um, so the company I was working with before was based in California. So I did have a little bit of, uh, there was a, I didn't start working until my, my day job, I guess you would say, until noon. Um, so I had my mornings available and then I would, you know, after I put my kids, because I do have two very young kids, but after putting them to bed, um, could spend some time on it. And for the most part, I was spending most of the time with the kids in the morning. Um, so I did the drop-offs and, you know, all of that. And then my husband, who's amazing, he would do pickup and he would he would do pickup and he would take care of the kids and get, make sure that they got everything they needed from dinner and putting them to bed and all that. Now I will say because of the fact that I had a job that was based in California and I was working West Coast hours, I did miss having dinner with my kids most of the time and, and putting being able to do bedtime, but I always made sure that I would show up and you know send them off to bed and kiss them goodnight. Um, but now with my hours shifting, of course, the schedule and when I do everything is going to shift, but it will be nice to be able to, I definitely think it was going to be a good thing in terms of me being able to spend even more time with them. Um, so yeah, and I mean, how do I make it happen? It, yeah, what really, yeah, what really makes it happen? Honestly, it's like, you know, that's how the saying goes, if you really want to do something, you figure out how to do it. And I think that it really has been something that has has driven me to carve out time. Um, and so one of the things that I would do is try to keep it simple. Cause I think sometimes when people think, oh, I'm gonna start a job or do something on the side, a side hustle, it, it feels very daunting because you think you need to put in eight hours a day and no, you don't. Um, and the way I try to do it is I try to say, okay, if I can spend at least one hour a day um, on Rad Royals, then, you know, I'm, I'm good and I'm very disciplined about what I'm doing so that I'm not all over the place. And I think that's where, I, that, that's what I see people kind of try to do everything at one time. And then they don't really, they don't, they don't focus and then they, they don't really get as far or they're not as successful because they're just trying to do too much. So essentially you can get it done can somebody really get something launched one hour a day if they're disciplined? Um, you can spend, I said, so being fair, I did spend more than just an hour a day in the beginning. Um, but, and this is, and I don't know if, if this, if we'll talk about this later on, but I have like a method. Oh, <laughs> um, tell me your and, method. Cause we're almost at the end here. So. Okay. So when I was one of the things that I learned um, when I was at PNG and I worked in our incubator was this whole concept of figuring out your killer issue. So if you have an idea, you sit down and you try to figure out what are the two or three things that absolutely have to be true in order for me to be successful with this idea that I have. And don't do anything else except testing or you know trying to figure out or solve for those two and three things. 
and, and that really is it is just really being focused. And so if you're only focused on those two or three things and trying to figure out whether or not it's going to work, then you can then layer if, if you do those two things, you test it out and you're like, oh, I'm able to solve these things that I thought could essentially break my business. But I've been able to come up with a solution such that, yeah, I now think I have this viable business. Then you can then you can layer on something else to work on to help it get to the next level. Then layer on something else and just be very, very focused. And again, just not spending a bunch of time on ten different things at once. So for your enterprise, what would those two things have been? So for me in the beginning, it was the fabric. So I knew I needed to do something that I wanted to create something that was sustainable. And I went through the ringer just trying to find the fabric. Um, the second piece was being able to print on the fabric. Being able to print on satin is a very difficult thing. Most fabric printers don't even want to touch it. And so I needed to make sure that I was able to find a partner, a vendor partner who was going to be able to work with me to figure out how to get that done. And I did. And once I got those two main things, the rest I knew I could pretty much tackle and would be okay. And so I just started building from there. And I mean, it took me two years to get to launching it. So I uh -huh. just to give folks to some perspective, right? That was a two year process for me. And how many hours a week did you spend on it before you got to the point where you can, so now you're like at an hour a day maintenance, maintenance and growth is what you're saying. Pretty much. And I have a team. So oh, you have a team. I, I do. I have a team and it's incredible. I have found, and most of them are family and friends, but it's been beautiful. Like I said, once you want to do something, the universe conspires. And so I have found amazing women who are working with me, who just so happen, you know, the needs that I have on my business are things that they either have experience in, want to gain experience in. And so we've been working together to get things done. And so I've been able to delegate to other people to get things done. So I get a ton more done you know, every single day, because it's not just me, I have other people who are working with me to help make it happen. How many people do you have? I have three right now. Full time? No, 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 no part time. Full time. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So okay. everyone's doing this on the side. Okay, side um, hustle. Okay, cool. Yes, yes. That's great. Okay, but you can then make traction. Before you got to this point, Nicole, what would you say? were um, the hours that you were putting in just to get to launch per week? Do you have a sense? Per week? I would say 15 to 20 Okay. Okay. And I did invest some time on the weekends as well. You did? Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Anything else you want to tell us about two-timing? I'm calling yours two-timing, where you have a full-time job but you're pursuing something that you really dream about and you may want to do as an entrepreneurial kind of thing. Any do's and don'ts that you've come up with? Um, so I would, if I would, one thing that I do and that I encourage a lot of other aspiring entrepreneurs to do that I know is to find a source of inspiration. So for me, it's been podcasts, um, listening to other founder stories and just picking up little tidbits from other entrepreneurs along the way, I have found podcasts to be invaluable because 
I'm also a big, big on walking every day. So when I walk every day, I'm listening to my podcast, I'm getting my inspiration. And even when, you know, things may not be going my way and I feel down, that re-energizes me to just keep going. What are your favorite um, ones? How I Built This, absolutely mm -hmm. love. Side Hustle Pro is another good one. Um, and so those are the two that I like. And then there's uh, Masters of Scale by Reed Hoffman. Those are in my regular rotation. Great, anything else? Um, and then do's, yeah, and I would say leverage people around you. You know, I, you know, being an entrepreneur sometimes can be lonely. And so it's great when you can, you know, I do it to my husband all the time and my kids and my friends <laughs> and be choiceful. You know, you don't want to have, send everything to the same person all the time, but just have a, a good group of, of folks who surround you, who you can tap into just to get some feedback along the way, um, especially if you're a solo entrepreneur. And then don't, uh, I mean, it's going to be consistent with some of the things that I said before in terms of just don't, uh, I don't know if it's a don't, but just trying to protect your time, probably more of a do, protecting your time, being very laser focused uh, with your time so that you can maintain a balance and, and achieve the other things that you want to achieve in your personal life and your professional career if you're doing this while also working full-time. Wonderful. Oh my God. So great. I love the product. It's awesome. People will love it. They can go find it and they can go to radroyals.com and find it. And hopefully yes. they will be shopping. Cause I, I don't think you, I mean, you don't have to have um, a hair issue you're trying to solve. They're just really cute. You know, right. There's... They're really, yeah, they totally are. And yeah, there are, there are definitely hair benefits. There are also skin benefits. I was yeah, going to say think... skin benefits for us. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and they're just, they will make, they make amazing gifts. Kids just light up when they see them. They're very um, cute. Very, very and cute. And I'd love to offer your, your listeners an exclusive discount code if that's okay. Yeah. I didn't expect that. That's lovely. Go for it. Tell me. Yes. Please. So if you visit radroyals.com, just enter Covey at the checkout and enjoy 20% off your entire purchase. Oh my God, that's so sweet. Now, you know, this goes on for a while. So <laughs> these yes. become evergreen. So are you cool with that? For Because uh, I didn't totally. expect that. That's so yeah, sweet. Totally Thank cool you. That's so cute. Awesome. Wonderful. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes also then. So much fun. Thank you, Nicole. What a great conversation and what a nice surprise. Thank you. Thank you, Leslie. It's been a pleasure. Thank you all for listening to this conversation with Nicole. She is just such an inspiration to me and I hope to you, anybody who's feeling like I can't do just this one thing, I'm multifaceted, I like to do creative things. I think she's a really good example of what you can do. I hope you will enjoy listening to all of our discussions. We have over a hundred women who we've talk to today. And I hope that you're getting the message that it really doesn't matter what you do. It's a mindset. 
It's how you want to reinvent. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how much money you've saved. It doesn't matter where you want to go to. It, you can do it. You have to figure your way out there. And sometimes it means sitting for another year and collecting the money that you need to get there. But there are ways to do it. There is no reason why you should be miserable in your job or unhappy or miserable in your life. You can reinvent. And that's what we totally believe in is, you know, my mantra is it ain't over till you say it's over. And with that thinking in line, I hope you'll go over to the CoveyClub.com page to our website. There's a lot of reinvention uh, information there as well. Go in there and type in reinvention. You'll read hundreds of stories, tips, tricks, all kinds of guides. And then we have our 31 badass reinvention tips and tricks for you to reinvent without fear. That's a download of my best, you know, really time, all time-tested tips to get you started. It's a wonderful download. It's free. Go over there, pick it up, and I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you enjoy listening and we'll come back and talk to us the next time. And if you like the show, please give us a rating um, or leave us a comment. We would love to hear from you. So take care until next time. 